This is WQA Radio, a podcast from the Water Quality Association, the leading voice of the water treatment industry. And hello, I'm your host, Wes Bleed. What I see as it, what's going on in Washington sometimes, there's been a lot of, you know, yelling and screaming at each other, but I think what you're seeing here is everyone's working together on trying to solve this issue. The issue is PFOA, or PFCs, and that's WQA's Global Government Affairs Director, David Loveday, our featured guest for this show. And welcome to another episode of WQA Radio, news and insights about residential, commercial, and industrial water treatment. You can find us at wqa.org and on Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter, and Instagram. Subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, and Stitcher. This is podcast number 89, and if you're a first-time listener, we welcome you to the program. Glad to have you joining us, and if you've been with us before, welcome back. In this episode, we talk with David Loveday about PFCs and how WQA is helping to shape the dialogue in Washington. We'll also get a preview of the D.C. fly-in, but we'll begin with the latest on tariffs. And later, we'll check with uh, Daniel LeBlanc from our Professional Certification Department, an update on the MEP program, and then I'll have this week's WQA tip. Now, on to my conversation with WQA Global Government Affairs Director David Loveday on WQA Radio. David, nice to have you back on WQA Radio again. Always good to have you. Thanks, Wes. It's always good to be here. A lot going on. Let's talk about the new title, Global Government Affairs Director. What, what's uh, what's behind that? I think what you're seeing now is uh, all the trade issues going on around the world. We've, we've been very active both with the tariff issues and other trade issues going on. And the purpose of this is now... With the tariff issue, it does affect all of our members, even not the big manufacturers, but also can affect dealers and other 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 members, not just in the U.S., but around the world. So we're put, putting an emphasis on working more closely with the State Department and other, uh, the U.S. Department of Commerce and their International Trade Administration to work with them to help us open up markets around the world in Europe with the EU, China, China and South Korea, and India, and, and places like that, Mexico. Because this this is a complicated area of uh, that that our members may not fully know about, and this is an opportunity again from a benefit standpoint to learn more about how all of that works. The the, the markets in China, for example, is the largest international market you have around the world. South Korea is very large. It's within the top 10. India is within the top 10. And, of course, a lot of our members do work in the EU and Europe around, do work in the EU. So this is something we'll be tracking. As you know, we do have an international database now, a regulatory database that we're expanding. We don't have every country in that yet, but we're targeting the countries where we do, where we have members do a lot of business. So I think you're seeing a lot more more work done with the tariff with with trade issues. Look at the tariff issue, for example. What we're doing with the tariff issue, work with members to try to get them up to speed on what's going on, helping them with the to file exclusions or file letters. We've submitted many many letters on the tariff issues in support of removing our products off of all three lists. And we also have been supporting members as they put their request for exclusion. And WQA has also been sending uh, comments in to help those uh, get off that list. So you might be doing some more traveling as well. Uh, It looks like I'll be at Brussels uh, later this month. 
because we will have we have our gold seal members comp meeting over in Europe. So I'll be uh, presenting there on on what the tariffs this year. What we're inviting both the which uh, I'll be meeting with the ministry international trade administration uh, council uh, economic council over there. He can't attend the meeting because there's a lot going on. But we've also invited some of the UE regulators to see if they can come to the meeting. Uh, so we'll be doing that. The other thing we're monitoring now too, and you're seeing you're seeing a lot in the news is recently uh, last week the president announced uh, a new agreement with South Korea on trade, and you just heard uh, this this week this morning that uh, the U.S. Uh, has come to an agreement with both Canada and Mexico on a new tr uh, tr uh, trade deal called the United States. Mexico and Canada tr agreement, I believe it is called. We'll be reviewing that, see how it may or may not affect members of it. But but that's is that, a is good that replacing sign. NAFTA. That's one to one that will be replacing NAFTA. I think it'll affect a lot of it's going to be affecting the the auto industry primarily and and in, in that way. But we'll review and see how it, about how it may affect our industry. But the important thing is, I think that's good news for what's coming down the road, possibly with the, with the tariff issue with China, South Korea. We have an agreement. You know, we have an agreement now, a new agreement with Mexico and Canada. I think you're going to see some new, some some additional talks with the EU, and I think that's going to help us with the China issue. Even though, so let's hope. Our hope is that this China issue will be solved before the end of the year. Uh, I think some of the signs are that because on the last list that the president just announced, which had activated carbon, he put the tariff for two hundred billion dollars worth of product at ten percent. And, and it will increase to 25% after the first year. So let's hope that's a sign and a signal. If you look at the read the tea leaves, that hopefully they're going to work very hard between now and the end of the year to try to come work with the Chinese and come up with a, a better uh, deal for the U.S. Uh, let's hope that that's the case. But that's, if you read the tea leaves, that could be possibly the case. Uh, but I know the administration, I think you see now they're working very hard on trade issues and China, South Korea and now a new Canada uh, Mexico deal with the U.S. Things are moving. Right. And that's always an interesting way of looking at how things work in Washington. How much of it is in a negotiating point of view, uh, tactic, if you will, with the hope of trying to avoid what would be the worst case scenario? Let's be honest. The tariffs are put in place for one reason, to get the Chinese to the table. Right. Yeah. And, 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 and that's, that's probably why they're there. Uh, so we're working hard. We're, we're helping our members see what we can. As of right now, as of today, there are, are uh, no products have been given exclusion yet. Uh, a couple have been declined. But out of the more than 1,500 uh, requests for exclusions, nothing has been approved. And a few have been declined. When I say a few, maybe uh, two dozen. The rest are still in limbo and under pending review. Uh, so that, but that list, list one, the request for exclusion ends on October 9th. Yeah, and if you're listening to this and have some questions about the tariffs and the process and the exclusionary process and the timeline and the deadlines and all of that, you can go to wqa.org, check out our tariffs page, wqa.org slash tariffs for the very latest. We keep that up to date. And uh, David Loveday's team is is on top of it, so yeah. it's it's always good. So we've got trade issues, we've got the tariffs, and then ongoing concerns about PFCs, P PFAS, PFCs, however you want to call it. The P fluorocarbon issue is is hot and heavy right now, both at the state levels. We have about twenty states that are that are moving legislation forward uh, with some kind of a, a study 
regulatory limits, some kind of action on, P, on PFAS issues around the country in those 20 states. So we're monitoring that closely, but it's a big, hot issue. But just just this year alone, the federal government, the EPA, has done a lot of lot on that already. They held a two-day summer earlier this year, which WQA was invited to. They're going to be, they've had a series of, of town hall meetings around the country at the, on this issue. Um, I believe they're going to have another one in the next week or two in Michigan. I think that will probably be their last town hall meeting. In Congress, both the House of Representatives and the Senate have had hearings on this issue. Just last week, the Senate held, held its first hearing on this issue, talking about the issue and the effects at military bases. And about two weeks ago, the, the House of Representatives had their first hearing on this issue to start an exploratory, what's the issue, how big is the problem, and what can be done. WQA at both of those hearings were in attendance, and we also, both at those hearings, we submitted written comments at the request of both of the committees on, on the issue. So as a, we've been as very a, active in as that. As a longtime observer of things in Washington, participant and, a, and a, as an observer, what does that all bring to mind? That there's serious attention being paid to this, right? I think there's serious attention being paid to this, and the big issue right now, especially as how Washington's been working lately, is Washington's been very partisan uh, on many of these issues. But if you went to both of these hearings, uh, both at the Senate and the House, very bipartisan. Both sides of the aisle, Republicans and Democrats, and both the Senate and the House were working together. They agreed that this is a big issue. They were both questioning the EPA uh, on on substantive issues, but in agreement uh, on it. So I think you're seeing, and the EPA, you know, it wasn't a hostile environment, you know, meeting for the EPA. But I think what you saw is. Both both champ both sides of the aisle see this as a serious issue, and the EPA is taking it as a serious issue. For example, uh, after the hearing and, and the House side, the U.S. The, the committee had a bipartisan bill introduced on this issue that the EPA should help coordinate the state. What's going on at the state level on this issue? Will that go anywhere? I don't think so. I think it's more of a of a, a thing that the the committee wanted to send to EPA saying, hey, get on top of the state issues a little bit more. But it was a bipartisan bill that passed. So that tells you a lot. I think this is going to be what I see as it, what's going on in Washington. Sometimes there's been a lot of you know yelling and screaming at each other. But I think what you're seeing here is everyone's working together on trying to solve this issue. And it's a big issue and it's one that's not going to go away. And it's, a, it's an opportunity for the water treatment industry to step up and offer solutions, which there are many. Yes, I mean, we, we I think what they're going to be doing now is doing a lot of what, what are the solutions. Centralized treatment is going to be very difficult on this, but I think carbon filtration, uh, RO, you know, iron exchange possibly, these are going to be the issues that, that technologies are going to be used in a lot of these areas. And in some cases, in Gen X, it's already being used down in, down in the Carolinas, iron exchange is being used down there at the Gen X plant. So, I, th I think what you're going to see, what, what the goal at the end of this year with the EPA, which we're going to sit down with the EPA before the end of the year on this again, is but the EPA is committed by the end of the year to come out with a national management plan on this issue to how it will move forward because it takes years to set a MCL level, take, take years to do a lot of these other regulations. That's just how the process works in Washington. But I think what you're seeing is the EPA made a commitment 
to come up with a national management plan to help guide not just uh, the states, but the federal agencies and the federal government to start moving forward on a common ground on this issue, which uh, uh, I think is, is unique and, and when it says that they're taking it seriously. And in Washington, it's not too late to start thinking about the D.C. fly-in. Uh, next, for next March 5th and 6th, D.C. fly-in. We, we do it every year with the National Groundwater Association, the Irrigation Association, and PFAS will be a big part of that discussion uh, next year because the national management plan should be out by that time. Uh, we'll probably have people come from the administration speak on the national management plan. But this is something that both all three associations have already talked about, that this will be the issue that we're all going to go in together in Washington because it affects everybody. So I think we're going to go with a common voice on one issue there. And if you're a WQA member and have not participated in a D.C. flying, you really owe it to yourself to make it a priority in uh, the spring of 2019. Take part in it. We, we would love to have your voice added and, and to grow this group that, that uh, goes to D.C. every year and meets with legislators or their staffs and tries to explain how the water treatment industry can be of help. It's a great opportunity. We have not just the legislative people that we meet with, but we have people from the administration come talk about the issues. We're also going to invite key staff from committees to come up to a panel discussion on water issues around the country and what they see are the big issues. They will t make a, uh, do a presentation, and they, they always take questions from, from the group on what's going on, and it's a great opportunity for you to meet with your local uh, member of Congress and Senator. More information will be coming probably closer uh, towards the end of the year with hotel information, uh, more dates and times, but but the, yeah. but but save the date on March 5th and 6th for the D.C. flying. All right. David Loveday, Global Government Affairs Director at WQA. Thanks so much. Thanks, Wes. And if you would like more information about PFCs, take a listen to our previous episode, WQA Radio episode number 88. Eric Yegi, WQA's Technical Affairs Director, presented an update at the recent Mid-Year Leadership Conference Industry Update Program. You can also watch the video replay of the entire Industry Update Program by going to go.wqa.org mylc. And if you have a suggestion for a guest or segment on WQA Radio, we'd love to hear it. Send your suggestions to wqa at wqa.org. And we're joined now by Daniel LeBlanc, the Professional Certification and Training Coordinator at WQA. Daniel, always great to have you on the program. All right, thank you, Wes. I understand there's been some uh, really uh, great improvements in the MEP program. Why don't you tell us more about it? All right, yeah, definitely. When the program first rolled out, the um, you know, it's a web-based program, so it is all online. You need to have access to Internet. Um, it is a web you know website you go to. So what we've done is we've improved the, um, the learning activities within the program so you can open them and complete them on a mobile device. Originally there were issues with that. So some people might have some bad memories of trying to do coursework on a mobile device and not be able to complete it. That has been corrected. Okay, so if you have a tablet, smartphone, that now all all of those all of those yes. all of those platforms if you will all of those different devices can all access all of the instructional materials of, of the MEP 
That is correct. All right, yes. that's that's fantastic because that opens up uh, a lot of opportunities. Somebody could be in the field, could be spending some time over their lunch hour, for example, working on their MEP. Right, and that was the um, one of the intentions. We definitely wanted to have that availability. So if you were on a service call, you were in between calls, and you had a little free time, now you can work on some coursework in between. Okay. So, so if you have uh, been away from the MEP program for a while, you've had some issues, whatever, there have been some struggles, come on back. Definitely. All right. And if you haven't been in it yet, it's definitely a good time to join. So, All right. And the modular education program, which is the educational part of the certification process. you got to go through the ME, MEP. Correct. Then take the exam for the certification. You got it. Yes. All right. All right, Daniel, thank you very much. All right, you're welcome. And now this week's WQA tip. Are you prepared for an emergency at your business? That's the subject of our next WQA Essentials webinar. From weather-related disasters to data breaches to a warehouse fire, Richard Cook of Culligan International covers the importance of having an emergency preparedness plan and what that plan should include. Cook leads an hour-long session beginning at noon Eastern Daylight Time, 11 o'clock Central, on Wednesday, October 31st. Register at wqa.org webinars. Thanks for listening to WQA Radio, news and insights about residential, commercial, and industrial water treatment. Remember, you can subscribe to WQA Radio on iTunes, Google Play, and Stitcher. Just search for WQA Radio, then hit subscribe. Each new podcast will appear in your podcast catcher or podcast player automatically each week. That's the magic of podcasting. And be sure to rate and review the podcast as well. Learn more about water at wqa.org and learn more about WQA product certification, professional certification, and how you can become a member at wqa.org. This is Wes Bleed. So long from WQA Radio.